welcome to the March or Die show today. Very glad to have you joining me. And today we are going to discuss kind of the next part of what I talked about last week. Uh, Last week I talked about working and the importance of working when we're seeking God and trying to understand what God wants us to do. Sometimes we just need to do the work. Do the work. I talked about that last week. This week I want to go one step further and connect doing the work with living a life of faith. Faith works, and I think so often we forget that. I've talked about that a little bit in the last few weeks, and I want to talk about that uh, using a great Bible story today. Looking forward to getting into that, but before I do, once again, thank you for joining me. Really thankful that you would join me. I love doing this show. I have a great time having these conversations, and even though it's me locked in a room with a camera and a microphone, I I picture us having a conversation. I'm sure uh, that you have some thoughts as I'm speaking, maybe good thoughts, maybe not so good thoughts, but hopefully we're having a conversation, and uh, I appreciate those of you who do actually comment. I've had uh, a number of folks reach back out and and make comments about what has been said, ask questions, and uh, I love it. Thank you for doing that. If you are interested in more about me or More importantly, you'd like to find my blog, the place where I write, and often I write about topics that I talk about here. Go to my website, jeremystalnecker.com, jeremystalnecker.com. You can find my blog there. I write every single week, again, generally around uh, the topics I talk about here. Sometimes uh, I'll talk about something that's more maybe culturally up-to-date, news of the day, and some perspectives on that. But for the most part, it's what I talk about on this show, so you can find that there, a great archive there as well of topics. And uh, if you've followed this this show for any length of time, if you've read my blog, you know that what I try to do, or I hope you know what I try to do, is really provide some clarity and some perspectives around topics that are important and on this show specifically the topic of moving forward and how we can move forward but trying to give some really solid things that we can hang on to when we're, we're trying to move forward because I know life can be so difficult and we need some principles that help with that and so I do my best to do that so uh, I say all of that to say if you go back to the archive of this show or you go back to my blog archive uh, even if you go back a couple of years hopefully you'll find some principles there that can still be a help to you. And if you're listening to this but not watching, uh, thank you for doing that. Please make sure you are subscribed. I want to make sure you are subscribed so that you're getting this content as soon as it comes out. I know you're listening to uh, probably a bunch of stuff, other podcasts, uh, other content that you are receiving and consuming. That's great. I want to make sure that in the midst of that, you are getting this. If you'd like to go to the video uh, side of this, if you'd like to watch the video of this, you can go to YouTube. Search for my name, Jeremy Stallnecker, and you'll find my YouTube channel there. Go ahead and subscribe. Hit the notification bell so that you are informed when this content comes out. Leave me comments there. Share this content out from there, and uh, that would be awesome. Again, I do this as a resource, and I hope that it is that for you. We talk on this show about moving forward and what it takes to move forward. I I make the the statement all of the time. many, many times, just about every episode on this show for sure, and often when I'm speaking, that in life we have those moments of difficulty. Traumas and trials and difficulties and obstacles present themselves, and when they do, we have to make a decision. Are we going to stay where we are and die, (laughs) giving up, 
putting it into neutral, getting by, but not really making progress. Are we going to do that? That's death. Because if you're not living, if you're not pursuing, if you're not uh, going after those things in front of you, then really, in a lot of ways, you're dead. You're breathing, you're functioning. Maybe you even look alive to a lot of people, but on the inside, you're emotionally and spiritually and relationally dead, and you know that. Are you going to do that, or are you going to do the other thing, the better thing? Are you going to choose to march? Will you march? What is marching? It's putting one foot in front of the other. And the great thing about marching, again, I say this often as well, the great thing about marching is you don't have to definitely know <laughs> where you're going. You have to have a general area, a general idea, a general direction, of course. Uh, but sometimes the definite end is unknown to you. That's okay. Put one foot in front of the other. Make forward progress. Uh, go the direction you know you're supposed to go. And as we've discussed, God will reveal the next steps as you continue to pursue Him. And uh, I believe that. We need to understand, however, that moving forward is an act of faith. It's an act of faith. When the obstacles and the trials and the difficulties and the traumas and all the stuff we like to talk about, when that presents itself, making a decision to march when it certainly would be easier to stay where you are and die is an act of faith. It's faith or confidence that there is something out there. It's faith or confidence that if you continue to move forward and continue to march, eventually you'll get to a better place. You'll get out of this uh, trial that you're going through. It's faith. It's confidence that God has a plan that's bigger than you, something that he can see, but you can't. Uh, This life of marching forward is a life of faith. Faith is absolutely required. And that can be the hard part, can't it? We want to know the end from the beginning. We want to know how this thing turns out. And particularly when we're in a moment of struggle. We're having a hard time because of what's going on in our lives. We're struggling because of some unforeseen thing out there. Perhaps it's something we couldn't have planned, we could not have seen coming, but here it is. And we, in our heart of hearts, want to know what's next. How does this work out? Is it going to be okay? Last week, I mentioned that when I find myself in those moments of confusion where I want to know the future and it's not quite clear, uh, I sometimes sit and hold and wait until God reveals the next step. And yet, as we discussed, the Bible tells us that if we commit our works to the Lord... Then our thoughts will be established. You see, until we do what we know we're supposed to do, God will not reveal the following steps. He won't show us the way forward until we do what we know we're supposed to do, until we do the work. That can, if we allow it to, relieve a lot of the pressure from our lives because we're not responsible for everything. We're only responsible for that thing the thing that we know we're supposed to do, and then we trust God for the rest. And in so many ways, that's faith. Faith seems like this super complicated, out there, kind of uh, up in the air, up in the sky, mystical thing. What is faith? Faith is having confidence in someone or something outside of yourself. For our purposes and 
certainly in an eternal sense, in a spiritual sense. Faith is having confidence in God the Creator, having confidence that He does have a plan, that He is in control, that He understands the end from the beginning even when we do not. And we're going to take Him at His word. That's faith. Faith is understanding what He said and taking Him at His word. The Bible in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 it makes a very simple statement. Without faith, Hebrews 11 and verse 6 says, Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Without faith, we cannot please God. If you had your Bibles open and I was speaking to you, I'd say take a pen and underline that word impossible. Without faith, it is impossible, underline it or circle it, to please Him. We cannot please God without faith. Not it's hard to please God without faith. Not it is challenging to please God without faith. Uh, Not there are some other ways to please God, but faith is the best one. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Boy, that's crazy, right? We view faith as something that's optional. Certainly in the context of salvation, that is the forgiveness of sins. We know that we must have faith, confidence in God and who He is, in Jesus Christ and who He is as God, in the fact that Jesus died for us on the cross, that He paid the price for our sin, and that we, unable to pay our own price, or pay the price for our own sin, can have confidence that He has done that, and that when He died, when He was buried, He rose again because He's God. And when He rose again, He defeated sin and He defeated death. This is what we put our faith in, our confidence in, our hope in. In a spiritual sense, faith is absolutely required. We somehow believe, however, that beyond that, faith is optional. We want to believe in God, but sometimes it's hard. We believe that we can please God even when we don't fully trust God. Or that we are people of faith, we do have faith, even though our lives may not reflect that faith. How does your life reflect faith? Well, you work, you do the work. Even when all the questions are not answered, but God has said, so you do. It's trusting God. It's taking him at his word. It's doing what he tells you to do, even when you're not sure how it's all going to work out. Now, that requires knowing what he tells you to do. We find out what he wants us to do by reading the word, by reading scripture, by being in the Bible and understanding what it says, by reading it, uh, by seeking to understand. And then as we do understand, doing exactly what it says, trusting God, by faith that he will keep his word. I love so many Bible stories. There's a great one found in John chapter 6 and verse 6. If you were to outline this for a sermon, <laughs> I think in these terms, most people don't, normal people don't, but I think in these terms, how would I uh, outline this if I had a sermon? I'd look at John chapter 6 and I would outline it this way. Uh, the first part, I would say there's a problem a command, a problem, and a provision. Problem, command, problem, and provision. 
It's a great story. I'm sure you've heard this story before. I'll read the first verse of John chapter 6. Verse number 1. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, verse 2, and a great multitude followed him, because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. Verse 3, And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Verse 4, And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Uh, these are great verses. It says, After these things, so Jesus had already done something. Now he's traveling with his disciples. Uh, Jesus had been performing miracles. People had been healed. Some great things were happening. And when healing takes place, when miracles happen, crowds gather. <laughs> That's exactly what happened to Jesus in John chapter 6. There was a great multitude, it says, following him. Now, the Bible says that this time was a time of Passover, a feast of the Jews, that this feast was near. There were a lot of people. This was the Passover season. These folks, this multitude had been traveling, following Jesus. And every crowd eventually will become a hungry crowd. And that's exactly what was happening here. There's a problem. Jesus and his disciples had traveled. A lot of people had come along. There was a need, a problem, and that need was food. Verse number 5. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? Verse 5 is great. The way Jesus asked questions and at the same time as asking a question made a statement with the question, it's amazing and sometimes laughable looking back. Not if you're in the middle of that situation. I'm sure the disciples didn't think this was funny. Uh, but Jesus, it says, looked up from what he was doing. He saw this multitude. He looked at one of his disciples, Philip, and said, Hey, where are we going to get food for all these people? So we went from a problem. There's a big crowd and they're hungry. But then there's a command. And you see the command wrapped up in the question. Jesus, looking at Philip, said, Where's the food coming from? Uh, we could say it this way, Jesus looked at Philip and said, go get them food. <laughs> Philip knew what Jesus was saying in this question. A command was being issued. If you have kids, you know exactly what this looks like. <laughs> I do this all the time. It's the command inside of the question. Who's going to clean this up? Who's going to do that? Uh, there's a statement there, a command, if you will. Someone needs to take care of this. That's what Jesus was doing. So you have a problem. It's a big multitude that needs food. And the disciples didn't have any. There's a command from Jesus. We need to feed these people. Find them food. Verse number 7. Or 6, rather. And this he said to prove him. For he himself knew what he would do. We're going to come back to verse number 6, but verse number 7 goes on. Philip answered him, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. So they had 200 penny worth. They had just a small amount of money. But Philip was saying to Jesus, what we have in money is not enough to feed all these people. And one of his disciples, and, uh, Andrew, Simon Peter's, uh, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said unto him, There's a lad here which has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? So Philip said, Jesus, we don't have enough money. Peter said, we've got a little food that this boy has. We can take it from him. <laughs> I don't know if they took it from him or he offered it up, but we have this food from this little boy. How no one else in the multitude had food, I don't know. But this little boy had food. His mom packed it for him, gave him a lunch. 
he finds the multitude, he finds the disciples. Maybe he knew what was going on, or maybe one of them saw him open up his lunch, but they got it and said, hey, we've got a little bit, but it is not nearly enough for this crowd. Not enough money, not enough food. There's another problem. We went from a problem, there's a big crowd that is hungry, to a command, feed them, to another problem, we don't have the provision, the money or the food, to the actual provision given by Jesus. And Jesus said in verse number 10, make the men sit down. This is great. Jesus took over. It says, now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes, as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above them that had eaten. This is crazy. This multitude, the Bible says, was at least 5,000 men. We don't know total how many that was with everyone that was there. But Jesus took that small lunch that the boy had brought and he broke it up and he broke it so much and distributed it to the crowd that there was baskets left over. He did another miracle to provide. There was a problem. We've got a crowd and they're hungry. There was a command, feed the crowd. There was another problem. We don't have enough. And then the provision came. That is Jesus doing a miracle to meet the demand, to deal with the problem, to fulfill his command. A couple of things. Check this out. It's important to understand when living a life of faith that we may not understand the end from the beginning, how it's all going to work out. We may not feel equipped to do what God is leading us to do, what's in front of us. But God will never command us to do something that he has not made provision for. You see, we may feel inadequate. We may not be able to understand where the provision is going to come from down the road. We can't see it all. We can't understand it all. And sometimes, if we're not careful, we can stray off the path of faith because we look at it and go, God, I hear what you're saying, but I don't believe you've given me what I need to accomplish that. As though somehow God is playing a game with us. Jesus, God, saw the multitude. He understood how big the problem was. And yet, even understanding that, he made a command. We're going to feed these people. The disciples, because they're like you and me, brought up another problem. But, Jesus, there's not enough. And Jesus did the work of providing to meet the need. And he'll do that for us. That's the life of faith. It's understanding that as God leads, as he guides, as he tells us what he wants us to do, as we learn of him, he will provide in his time and in his place. I take you back to verse number six. Remember, there was a problem, big multitude, they needed to eat. There was a command. Where are we going to get the bread for these folks? Verse 6 says, And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. 
Jesus said to Philip, hey, Philip, we need to feed these people. But he made that statement and he asked that question, where are we going to get the food? Knowing exactly where the food would come from and how the need would be met. You see, the disciples saw a problem and it was overwhelming. Then Jesus gave a command that made it really worse because it now put pressure back on them. They presented another problem and Jesus provided. But all along, Jesus knew exactly what he was going to do. There was never a question in his mind. And this he said to prove him. What does that mean? Well, he was putting Philip in a position where he had to have faith because he didn't have any other options. You see, sometimes in our lives, we're in the same spot. We are moving forward. We hit an obstacle, a trial, a tribulation, something crazy that comes into our lives. And now we have to make a decision. Are we going to push forward or are we going to stay where we are and die? As we've talked about so many times in the past, I hope that you have already made the decision. Regardless of what happens, I'm going to put one foot in front of the other and continue to march. I'm going to do that work. But... If we hit the obstacle, the trial, the tribulation, having already made a decision to move forward regardless, there will be times when we're going to come to that obstacle and have no choice but to trust. Because we're out of options. We don't have the resources. We don't have the knowledge or the understanding So what we can do is what we can do. (laughs) We do the work. This is crazy to me that Jesus said, Philip, I want you to try to figure this out. I want you to do everything that you can do. Jesus knew the answer, but he needed Philip to go through the process of figuring out how much money they had, getting the other disciples together and trying to figure out if they could find some food. They were working what they could work. They were doing what they could do. Uh, They were, to the best of their ability, fulfilling what God had set before them. And then Jesus said, now that you're out of options, I'll take it from here. And I believe the faith life looks exactly like this. We go as far as we can, and God says, I want you to go further. And we look over there and we think, God, I don't have the resources. I don't have the opportunities. I can't do that. And Jesus says, but you need to take the next step. You need to trust me. You need to do the work that is before you. Do what you can see and do what you do understand. And when you do that, then I'll take you to the next one. And I'll take you to the next one. I'm going to sit the people down in the field. I'm going to take what little we have. And I'm going to break it up. And I'm going to meet the need. I will provide. But you must trust me. James chapter 2 and verse 17 says, Even so, faith, if it has not works, is dead being alone. People of great faith are people of great works. They work while trusting God. They're not working to accomplish everything on their own apart from God. 
They're working while allowing God to guide and to direct. I spent a lot of time talking about this on last week's podcast. But that's what this whole thing is about. It's about faith in God, trusting God, understanding that without faith it is impossible to please God. It's about letting God be God, controlling what we can control and letting everything else go, putting one foot in front of the other, moving forward with the calm assurance, the confidence that builds within us peace, (laughs) that he already knows what he's going to do. Faith always works. That's a challenge to me, and perhaps it is to you as well, this understanding that I need to be a person who trusts God and a person who works hard and allow God to use the two together to get me to that place that He really wants me to be. Faith always works. I hope that's an encouragement to you. Uh, The life that we live is a life of difficulty, of trials, of challenges. A life in pursuit of God, a life of faith, is not going to be a life without trials and challenges. In fact, the Bible tells us we can expect those things as people of faith. But what we have is an understanding that the victory has already been purchased by Jesus Christ and that we can walk one step at a time, moving forward in light of that victory. Life can become overwhelming. It can get very, very difficult. And when it does, you have to make a decision. Will you stay where you are and die, give up, Say, God, I can't do it anymore. (laughs) Maybe you have a plan. Maybe you understand the end, but I can't see it. I'm not doing it. I'm good where I am. Are you going to do that? Are you going to die? Or will you march? Thankfully, the choice is always yours. Thank you. Talk to you next time. Ted, what do you want to do today? Well, Ashley, I've always got uh, work to do, naps to take, but I have a better idea. How about we invite everyone to listen to the TMUS podcast? I love that idea. Let's do it right now. Hi, everyone. We're Ted and Ashley Slater, and we'd love for you to join us as we talk about teamwork in marriage. We share how grace, commitment, and cooperation can help couples live the everyday moments of marriage together. To listen, go to lifeaudio.com and search for Team Us.